I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, and welcome to the first official episode of Australian Jams for 2020, which is pretty awesome, but also there's smoke everywhere, which is not great. Um, today, to kick off the year, I've got quite a special episode and guest here. I've got my first ever international non-Australian guest, which is pretty exciting. So we're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, today I have Maddie Corbin from First City Artists and Lucky Bird Media here. Hey, Maddie. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming down in the smoke, in the heat. Mm-hmm. Not the best time to get to Melbourne. It's been an odd time to explore Australia. Yes. But <laughs> the endurance of your country shines. Yeah, that's true. That's a good way of putting it, actually. Um, for those who don't know you, mm-hmm. which is probably quite a few people who listen to this. I would imagine. Um, not in an offensive way, just in a... People Realistic, don't know industry yeah. people as much. Um, who are you, what you do? What do you do? Sure. I'm rusty. So I am an artist manager and also a publicist. I am based in Brooklyn, New York. So I work with two companies. I'm a partner in First City Artists. We have a management roster of about seven artists fluctuating. And then um, I'm a partner in the publicity firm called Lucky Bird Media. And that is a much larger and widely ranging roster. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, So for clarity for people who want to know what we're going to do today, Mm -hmm. I've asked you to come in with your five favorite Australian songs. And we're just going to chat about those songs, how you came to find them over in the US, mm-hmm. and a few little other things. How we came to meet each other um, kind of ties into one of your songs. So do you want to kick off with that one? Sure. So you've chosen Madeline by Alexander Biggs. Indeed. And uh, you do his PR in the US? So I'm slightly biased, but my enthusiasm I'm totally. I'm here for it. <laughs> here for it. Um, and his manager, friend of mine. So that's how we came to meet each other. But mm-hmm. you've chosen the song. Can you tell me about your experience working with him and also what it is about this song that drew you in? Sure. 
So Alexander, I started working with, I think his manager had just sent over the music sort of as a cold call and I gave it a listen and there's so much in what Alexander does that I love. Um, I actually had a really interesting conversation with him about kind of the quality of music and you know, what makes something so great to certain people. And for me, the songwriting and the lyrics specifically really mean a lot. And they always have since I was, you know, 11, 12 years old and really getting into who my favorite artists were. Mm. Um, so you could toss in Connor Oberst or Ben Gibbard, these kinds of classic songwriters, into what really shaped my taste in music. Mm. And I think Alexander Biggs does a really phenomenal job of kind of continuing that tradition of songwriting and really paying his lyrics such grand, thoughtful attention. And he's just one of these people who can sort of sculpt words into a feeling. Yeah. You know, in addition to being musically inclined, it's it's so much storytelling and so much poetry that I think, you know, this song, Madeline, is a really good example of that. Yeah, so I saw him play at Northgate Social Club just up the street not too long ago and the way he's able to just capture an audience's attention, most of an audience's attention, and I'll tell a story clarifying that in a second, <laughs> um, with literally a guitar in himself, like it's incredible and I talk about Alex on almost every episode of the podcast um you're probably all sick of me talking about him but he's just that good like his songwriting is just that good and I've known him for a very very long time and back when he was probably 2013 or so and he was in a, a band and he sent me demos of songs then that are now songs that were on his EPs and the progression he's made in that time mm. but he's always had the songwriting it's been the other stuff that he's fixed and I think that is what explains or is a testament to the talent that he always had. He just needed to hone the things around the talent. Absolutely. Which I think is so promising for an artist because if you have that strong of a base, like if songwriting is the thing that you're good at, you can be so much more experimental in the way that you deliver that songwriting. You know, totally. your, your lyrics, your melodic intuition, it's already there. So the rest, I imagine, you can have a lot of fun exploring. Yeah, and... There's been plenty of different things he's been able to do, playing with a full band, mm -hmm. working with different people, going to the US. So there's a lot of good stuff happening and he's heading over for South By shortly, mm -hmm. which is pretty exciting and daunting, I imagine, as well. So there's a lot going on there. It's a little busy. <laughs> I will be here watching football, <laughs> which I just showed you football, actually. I've learned so much. Yeah. I just talked a lot. Um, shall, <laughs> shall, shall we listen to Madeline? I would love to. Okay, so this is Alexander Biggs with Madeline, and we'll come back in a moment. I want to see you fight for the hell of it out your knife in the street light shining so dull on the glitter that flickers like lightning bouncing off the back of your plate I wanna see some blood on your fingernails clawing at the club lines vanity there's a pretty face in there too smart for her own good you're bound to put her in her place and on the shore right home 
just heard Madeline by Alexander Biggs. I'm here with Maddie Corbin, who is American mm-hmm. and has chosen her five favourite Australian songs to talk about. We're going to talk about Edge of Town by Middle Kids next. Mm-hmm. And I specifically would like to chat to you about Australian music in America, how you come to find Aussies. Um, obviously, Middle Kids have done a bit more in America than some of the others may have. So how do you go about finding Australian artists? Well, I am yet again biased in the explanation of this song. I was <laughs> I was involved in the PR campaign yep. that Middle Kids were doing when they had their debut EP. Um, and it was very much simultaneous, I think, with just a spark in interest in Australian artists yeah. from the U.S. You mentioned South By earlier, and I think, you know, the things that South by focuses on in their developing of showcases and programming is always pretty reflective of the general interests of not just music consumers in America, but also the music consumers who are looking for what's next. Right? Yep. They're looking for the indie act that no one's heard yet so they can claim as their own, have that sense of belonging and excitement. Um, and I've seen, you know, all the way back to that involvement with the Middle Kids campaign and, and even before, um, Australian programming. Mm. And I can't answer the question, you know, where did that initial interest come from? I think it was pretty organic in that you guys were just putting out a lot of really wonderful music. Yeah. So Middle Kids was one that I was, you know, really privileged to see sort of take, you know, this great 
um, momentum that you can accomplish here in Australia with your Triple J and your certain tastemakers that you have here, kind of check off those boxes and then leverage it to the U.S. or whatever the target audience is outside of Australia, see where that goes, and then bring it back to Australia, Mm. playing these bigger venues and kind of have an elevated status as an artist. I think that's a really interesting process to track. And, you know, I'm not certain that it's something that's always going to make the most sense if this was just a a moment of buzz or if it will be, you know, kind of the elongated approach of so many indie artists out of Australia. Yeah. But I have reveled in the benefits of it in that I know so much good music from this. And do you find... uh liking one or knowing one artist leads you to another five and it kind of grows exponentially that way as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, tour pairings and the certain way things are playlisted now, so much discovery is happening by affiliations. Mm. So if I love middle kids, I'm sure I'm going to be served anything related and that often is Australian and I am happy to receive it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because another song that you've mentioned is from the same management group and um, I thought that was really interesting that you've chosen those two. Um, I guess we'll chat about that one next. But uh, what is it about Edge of Town that you really like? I think that is such a purely fun song. Yeah. And I think it's just one of these undeniable hooks. Edge of Town just weasels its way into your brain and will <laughs> never leave. Yeah. And, you know, for good reason, for for deserved talent yeah you know they are so good at formulating this kind of indie rock that's just infectious and it goes so far and it transcends so many audiences that I think it's really powerful and they are such a phenomenal live band Mm. I think you know the energy between the main three who play is just absolutely contagious and will be forever they have that kind of timeless chemistry that you don't always find between players but it just makes their music so much more powerful yeah I mean, maybe helps that they're married. Yeah. Um, could, could have sure an impact. Sure, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> but come on, Harry's doing his part too. That's true, that's true. I shouldn't, I shouldn't take <laughs> away from him. Um, should we listen to Edge of Town? Let's, please. This one's by Middle Kids. It's their first big single, really. So um, called Edge of Town. We'll come back in a sec. Talking, yeah, they call my name, and I walk a little further. I could go all day, and the trees are reaching, pointing out the way.
got something on your mind Tick-tock, can I take it for a while? Hey, guy, have you got something on your mind Tick-tock, could I take it for a while? That was Edge of Town by Middle Kids. We're going to back this up with the other artist managed by the same person, Kurt. Um, Charlie Collins, Please Let Me Go. You've Mm -hmm. chosen this one. Mm -hmm. You did admit that this was another PR client, (laughs) but there are many other reasons why you like this song. Yes. Well, as mentioned, you know, I definitely come across most of the music that I love through the work that I do. And, you know, that's natural even just in considering time constraints of a human's existence. Yep. When you're working in music, you don't always have a ton of time to explore outside of what you are working. But I can say that I only work with artists that I absolutely love. Yeah. So it's kind of like, did I choose them because I work with them <laughs> or did I choose them because I love them? But you work with them because you love them, so you chose them because of both. Precisely. So it's great. It's great. <laughs> um, well, so we featured Charlie's song, uh, I Don't Want to Be in a Rock Band, on a recent episode of Australian Jams. Nice. What, is it, what is it about Please Let Me Go that really grabs you out of all the music she's released? Mm-hmm. I think Please Let Me Go has this vibe that is a little bit nostalgic. Mm. There's like a late 90s, early aughts feel to her voice. Um, I think Mazzy Star was one of the more far-fetched comparisons I found when I was kind of talking to Kurt about taking on the project. Yeah. But she just has that like really blissful quality to her vocals. And I think in this particular chorus, it's obvious. Yeah. Um, And that sticks with me. I love this song. I think she's doing a really cool thing, kind of bringing back her country roots yeah. into the you know rock and pop realms that she's sort of explored since starting as a musician. Yeah. She's really found a sweet balance between all of those sounds. I think there's a space at the moment in Australia for that kind of country twanged stuff. Um, mm-hmm. That word that I wanted to use did not come to my brain, so I'm going to go with twanged. Um, tinged, maybe. Um People like Chitra, people like uh, Fanny Lumsden, even she's more on the countryside, but there's Rach Brennan in the Pines. There's there's a few coming through that are realistically they're indie pop artists, but they do have that country feel to them. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of opening the door. I think Casey Musgraves has done a lot sure. to encourage that. Um, but the, it's opened the door to this whole other genre that people maybe didn't realise 
they liked, but they can put their toe in the water with Charlie Collins. They can put their toe in the water with Chitra. The and gateway then, drugs. Exactly, and then move into that whole other world. And it's, it, I think it's really cool when, as an artist, you can be that linking um, person between two, so it opens mm-hmm. people's eyes, I guess. I think it's interesting with country music specifically. I guess this probably applies to any genre, but there's this line between sort of incorporating an influence of another genre into your own and exploiting another genre. Mm. So if I think about, like, the various paths of country music in the United States, like, there has been this explosion of pop country, Mm. which is almost too far a leap in my humble opinion, (laughs) from classic country into pop music. And Mm. it seems more like, you know, like a commercial capitalization upon you know, one genre that's had such a strong and loyal audience. It's Mm. kind of like, well, here's the fluffy version to have, you know, serve the rest. Yeah. But they're, you know, like that is not what's happening with Charlie Collins and the artists that you're discussing. It's more like a, a, a really organic blend of... I am a human being and I listen to all kinds of different music and I can play all kinds of different music. And so let's put that together. And it has, you know, I think in a, in a truer and more effective sense, you know, that impact that you're discussing of bringing someone who may not listen to country music mm. into a new world because they've, you know, had their hand held through these lovely sounds and will want to see what else there is. Yeah. Uh, I think you have put it in a, quite an eloquent way to understand that the, what the difference is between the two as well in terms of what's taking advantage of and what's mm-hmm. genuine, maybe. Sure. So I'm sure there are plenty of pop country lovers who will be condemning me after listening to that. <laughs> eh. Everybody eh. should like what they like. Exactly. Um. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's hear it. It's uh, called Please Let Me Go. It's by Charlie Collins. Because it's always 
Please Let Me Go by Charlie Collins. I'm, I'm here with Maddie Corbin of First City Artists and Lucky Bird Media, all the way over from the US. You've chosen a New Zealander, mm. but I'm okay with it because he kind of is an honorarius or will claim him as an Australian. You've chosen Marlon Williams' song, Love is a Terrible Thing. And this is <laughs> quite a different... Um, it's a little bit more sombre, I guess, than the other songs you've chosen. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. I am a sucker for songs that sort of uh, just delve into the darker sides of love (laughs) as a uh, someone who's prone to cynicism more likely than romanticism. I'm one of those people Uh, (laughs) as well. (laughs) This song, I think, is it does kind of a funny job of exploiting. You know, it's so straightforward. You know, love is a terrible thing. <laughs> and he talks about a snowman in the chorus. I just, I think <laughs> he's he's done a really fun job of kind of illustrating the pain and darkness that love can bring yeah. inevitably. So, <laughs> Sorry, I've just got you mentioning the snowman in my head and now it's just... My favorite thing ever. Um, Snowman in the spring. Snowman in the spring. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've lost it now. Um, How did you come across Marlon initially? Good question. I think Marlon may have snuck his way onto a playlist I was listening to. It was very organic, this one. Yeah. I do know and adore his manager. Yep. But I did not come to know Marlon through any sort of industry realm. He um, has a really great label in the U.S. too that I kind mm. of follow just for new music, for good taste, and um, he definitely has a powerful team behind him. So, And he was in A Star is Born? Oh, right. That came far after I knew Marlon. Yeah. He also played South by, I think that was two years ago, and I saw a couple of his sets and just thought, this is magnificent. Another really interesting take on, you know, the conversation between exploitation and influence in mm. that he's he's kind of crooning. Some would yeah. probably say he's absolutely crooning. He's he's taken this really old-fashioned sound and made it modern again. Um, but he just does such a beautiful job of honoring that that I think some music is just timeless 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think that's perfect. A perfect way to describe him, and I think when you look at his artwork as well, that mm-hmm. is very representative. And I'm big on artwork. Mm-hmm. I think the way you've put it there comes through in all the visuals as well as the music, mm-hmm. and it creates such a perfect package for him. Mm-hmm. Um, let's hear it though. Let's hear the snowman. <laughs> Love is a terrible thing by Marlon Williams, and we'll be back with the last song. Love is a Terrible Thing by Marlon Williams. I hope you all enjoyed The Snowman that I can't get past now that you said it the way I you said it. I hope you're weeping. I hope you're all just considering divorce. Just kidding. Don't consider divorce. Don't consider divorce. <laughs> I mean, if you need to, but not because of this. Uh, so you've chosen one of my absolute favourites um, to close this one off. Angie McMahon's Slow Mover. Um, 
anyone that's listened to any episode of the podcast before knows that I'm obsessed with Angie. She's an angel. I'm very excited to see you have this song on your list. Hmm. This was her first single, wasn't it? It was the first one I heard. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you worked with her? No. Mm-mm. You didn't work on Angie's? No. I came across Angie also organically, probably in some sort of algorithm or playlist. And I connected with her manager shortly after, fell in love with both she and Angie as mm. human beings. Charlotte is an angel. Charlotte is an absolute angel. Um, but no, I have not worked with Angie. They were already sorted. And she, her U.S. label, Dual Tone, is yep. tremendous. Um, I think... There was just, I could have come across Angie in any form. There's nothing that's going to stop that incredible voice from being heard yeah. by masses. So, yeah. I, I like that we've been able to bookend the show with Alex and, and Angie because I think a lot of what makes them individually incredible is similar. Mm. I think Angie's songwriting is on par with Alex's in terms of the influence it can have just the the words on their own, but the thing that I harp on about, and people have heard me say this before, um, and I look at the computer when I say this as if that's where all the listeners are. They're, I'm they're in being there. really weird right now. <laughs> um, they're all there. They're all in there somewhere. Very um, On Twitter. Uh, they're all... Uh, she Her use of dynamics in a song and her use of space in a song is mm. like I've not heard before, particularly from a local artist that kind of is just starting up around the corner, you know? Like, Mm. normally I think an artist feels like they need to be at a certain level before they can take a risk like that. And as her song Push that she released on her album Salt last year was a really good example of that, the dynamic in it, the forcing you to listen really closely Mm -hmm. and the use of silence in that song made it, it just leveled it up. Mm-hmm. And starting with Slow Mover, the fact that that was her first single as Angie McMahon, I know she'd done other projects before, Slow Mover was a a call to action almost like, you're going to listen to me, you're going to listen to the next singles I release, and then when my album comes out, it's going to be your favourite thing for the year. And she did that. Yeah, she did exactly that. Her singles were just such earworms but you're absolutely right about the space that she uses there's a looseness to Mm. the way that she constructs songs that just makes them stand out and really makes them feel you know whatever it is that she's wanting you to feel yeah there's just devastating she's devastating and i think it's brave to be that devastating that early on in your career Mm. and i saw her live at south by last year she played luck reunion the the big party on Willie Nelson's ranch which is a ridiculously good time and I was walking from the other end of the grounds and I I had it on my list I knew I wanted to see her set and I just heard the bellow yeah. of its beginning and I was like shit I get over there there's only one person that can make that noise and yeah. it's Angie She's so powerful. She's, yeah, powerful. She's incredible. Um, let's hear it, though, because I feel like everything I've said doesn't even do it justice. <laughs> this is called Slow Mover. It's by Angie McMahon. Friend, old friend, it's 4 a.m. What are we doing in the street? I don't Buy fried chicken I wish that I was gonna sleep And I don't want to kiss you under 
with Slow Mover, um, and that is all of your songs for today. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming in to have a chat. Um, My pleasure. You mentioned that you manage a few artists. Any that we might hear of over here in Australia? Sure. So the Brother Brothers will, when this comes out, I believe, have wrapped their debut Australian tour. It's taking place in this very moment, and Australia has been magnificent to them. Um, their first trip, it's just been fantastic to see all of these people coming out to the shows and knowing the songs. You have no idea who's listening to you across the world, but yeah. turns out really good people are. So that's the Brother Brothers. They're an indie folk duo from Brooklyn. Yep. Um, I also have Perla, who has recently signed with Mirror Music Group to release her debut EP. So that came out in September of 2019. If you haven't heard it yet, please go give it a listen. She's very young but magnificently creative and hope to have her in Australia very soon. Yes, and when it gets announced, we'll be sure to share it on our social and all of that jazz. Beautiful. What have you got planned for the rest of your Australian trip? Mm, Eating, drinking. (laughs) Yeah, avoiding smoke. (laughs) Checking out New Zealand, yeah. Um, You know, controlling the cough that has evolved Mm. here in Melbourne. 
You've only been here for less than a day. But well. I think it's given me a good radio voice. We'll see how it sounds, but <laughs> I've got that little twinge of gravel going on for me. Phoebe singing with a cold. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is actually exactly who I am in this moment. You do have the blonde hair up. I think it fits, right? <laughs> sure. That's a thing. Um, yeah, I'm not plugging anything. I'm just saying that watch women's footy because women's footy is great and keep listening to play on radio um this has been australian jams first official episode of 2020 that has been maddie corbin i will be sure to tag you on the socials so people can find you and follow you if you want i mean if you don't that's fine too come and get me um in the meantime keep enjoying australian music and going to live shows there's so many um bushfire benefits happening at the moment which are all really good causes but seeing a live band in general is a great cause so do that a lot thank you maddie thank you very hopefully much. i'll get to see you again soon plan on it one of us in one of the countries we'll see anyway <laughs> see you guys <laughs> sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.